Nice GP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Well, this will come as no surprise to most of you, but false beliefs about Donald Trump persist. No amount of debunking, no amount of proof to the contrary will dissuade those who hate Trump from maintaining and spreading even the most ridiculous of these false claims. These are the three most persistent anti-Trump fallacies and why they're dangerous. There are at least three false beliefs that virulent anti-Trumpers hold in common. Though none of the claims stand up to close scrutiny and several are demonstrably false, no amount of debunking, no direct proof, no evidence will dissuade those suffering from Trump derangement syndrome from their insistence that Trump is Hitler, reborn, and all who follow him are Nazis. First is the hoax perpetrated by Hillary, her campaign, and the FBI that Vladimir Putin had dirt on Trump, and that he and many of his inner circle were puppets of the Kremlin. Second is the misconception that Trump said that the white supremacists at Charlottesville, South Carolina were, quote, fine people. Third is the belief that the riot at the Capitol on January 6, 2021 was an insurrection planned and orchestrated by Donald Trump himself. These claims persist long after they've been debunked. The feeling of moral superiority by those who continue to hold on to these falsehoods must be so high that no amount of factual data or evidence to the contrary can shake them loose from those who cling to them. These fallacies are a problem not just because they involve deception but they also induce bigotry and sometimes even violence against quote, MAGA Republicans and others who espouse conservative values. The granddaddy of all anti-Trump hoaxes is the Russian collusion hoax. Started by Hillary Clinton and her campaign, its purpose was to suggest that Trump is a puppet of Putin. The basis of this claim, known as the Steele dossier, was paid for by Hillary and her campaign and comes from a source that our intelligence agencies have said was unreliable. Evidence points to the FBI having a hand in spreading the disinformation. The dossier was used as primary justification for the FBI to obtain a FISA warrant allowing them to spy on Trump and his associates. The warrant was subsequently renewed using information known to be false or unreliable. After three years, the Mueller investigation failed to find any involvement on the behalf of the president with Russian attempts to interfere with the 2016 elections. And there is an article from uh, trendingpolitics.com that explains the whole thing. Uh, so please take a look at it uh, when you get a chance. It explains basically step by step what happened and who was involved. Okay, 
In the same statement to the press, where Trump made the, quote, fine people on both sides comment, he explicitly explains he's not talking about what the white supremacists and on subsequent occasions condemned their actions. After roundly condemning the violence between an Antifa group and some neo-Nazis who were in Charlottesville to defend a statue of Robert E. Lee from being taken down and the killer of a protester by one of the white supremacists, the president held a press conference. During the conference he said, quote, you had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Later in that same presser he clarified, and you had people and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly, he said. The current fallacy widely believed by the anti-Trump camp is the idea that the riot that took place at the Capitol on January 6, 2021 was an insurrection planned and directed by Trump himself. While it is true that some anti-government extremists were involved and did commit crimes, there is no real proof that they acted in anything other than their own volition. Their actions have been roundly condemned by rank-and-file Republicans, which includes necessarily Trump supporters. Tens of thousands of Trump supporters were there at the Capitol in support for last-ditch efforts on the part of Congressional Republicans to persuade their peers not to accept some of the electors who voted for Biden, specifically those coming from several states that had changed their election laws in apparent contravention to the U.S. Constitution. Only a small fraction of those in attendance committed anything that can be reasonably called a crime. The actions of the extremist protesters proved counterproductive to these efforts and the electors were accepted later that day. What's more, their actions provide Democrats, including President Biden, an excuse to paint anyone who supports the MAGA America First agenda as extremists. After he left office, Trump was impeached over this and found not guilty by the Senate. The January 6th committee, comprised entirely of never Trumpers and Democrats who assert that Trump directed the attacks invite huge leaps of logic and require a lot of assumptions for their assertions to be true. One of the more laughable ones based on hearsay is that Trump attempted to wrest control of the vehicle that was taking him back to the White House that day. The fact that the Secret Service denies this ever happened is of little interest to the Trump haters. Basically, the January 6th committee is an attempt to relitigate the issue, but without Trump and the Republicans 
being afforded the opportunity to defend themselves against the claims being made. If they were, they might ask why Ray Epps, who reputedly acted as an agent provocateur on January 6th, was never charged with anything. They might bring up evidence that supports the notion that some in the crowd inciting criminal behavior were feds. Recent FBI whistleblowers have stated that many operations going after quote white nationalists and such amounted to entrapment. One such operation resulted in the arrest of four suspects for planning to kidnap missioner Michigan Governor Whitmer. Of the four, two were acquitted on grounds of entrapment. The other two were found guilty only after a mistrial. Were federal agents involved in similar attempts to lure suggestible Trump supporters into criminal behavior on January 6th? Much has been said and written in an effort to debunk the persistent myths, fallacies, and libels against former President Trump. Many who continue to cling to such false beliefs have closed themselves off to any counter-arguments or proof that might challenge them. Why then readdress the falsehoods here? Because they persist and they are dangerous. They are dangerous in the immediate sense that people have attacked and even killed for, for supporting, have been attacked and killed for supporting Trump and conservative causes such as right to life that are closely associated with either Trump or Republicans. After the president concluded his speech at the Republican convention in 2020, attendees were harassed and assaulted upon leaving the venue. Members of his cabinet have suffered similar harassment. President Biden gave a speech in Philadelphia almost entirely devoted to accusing, quote, MAGA Republicans of being enemies of democracy. Not long after, a North Dakota teen was murdered, run down by a man who thought the kid was part of a Republican extremist group. According to the Associated Press, quote, the driver, Shannon Brandt, told a 911 dispatcher that he struck Kaylor Ellingson early Sunday in McHenry because the teenager was threatening him and that the teen was part of, quote, a Republican extremist group, according to a probable cause affidavit. Did Brandt think he was defending democracy? A more long-term hazard is that people having been fed a steady diet of anti-Trump rhetoric have been whipped up into such a Trump-hating frenzy that they will ignore the more glaring assaults on America's freedom. America stands at a crossroads. It would not be overselling it to say that the constitutional republic that the founding fathers meant for America to be is at risk. The Biden regime is pursuing its political and ideological opponents with a zeal seldom seen in this country. 
the Democrats seem to be bent on the same sort of eco-fascist policies that have destroyed other countries or taken their freedom. Other countries in the Anglosphere, namely Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, have shown an alarming propensity to go authoritarian to the point that they can barely qualify as free countries anymore. Even if the Republicans take back Congress, that can stop further damage, but not reverse it. An electorate suffering from TDS, blind to their own prejudices, is liable to vote away our freedom just despite one man they have convinced themselves is an enemy of democracy and vote in the exact sort of fascism they claim to be against. The hope in continuing to push back against the falsehoods that fuel their hate is that some few, after seeing the disaster results of the current regime's policies, will at least be amiable to looking for alternatives. Should Trump or another America First politician run in 2024, they may finally be open to arguments and facts that challenge their prejudices that kept them from voting Republican in 2020. And so there you have it. You have a situation which I call rather dangerous that people are so locked into their anti-Trump hatred, into their beliefs that uh, Trump is Hitler and all of his followers are Nazis, that they'll believe just about anything negative that the press or the deep state uh, puts out against him. And this is a problem, as I mentioned, for a couple of reasons. Um, obviously, there's the immediate um, possibility that these claims, people who believe all these false claims, will be led into violence, such as what happened to that North Dakota teen uh, a few weeks ago, where he was run down by someone who thought he was part of a, an, a Republican extremist group. And then even before that, you had someone uh, shoot at the, the Republican baseball team in their practice and almost killed uh, one of the members, um, Steve Scalise. And so the left has a history of political violence. And the Democrats in particular have a... a history of political violence going all the way back to the 1800s with the formation of the Ku Klux Klan during the Reconstruction period. And then they had a resurgence back in 1920 that was accompanied by their beliefs in things like eugenics, uh, like what was uh, advocated by by Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Uh, those beliefs led to the killing of millions upon millions of unborn children, many of them uh, black and minority children. 
Um, it is a fact that most Planned Parenthoods are located within the predominantly black portions of cities. And this, of course, goes back to a history, again, of eugenics, the idea that certain races were weaker than other races and needed to be eliminated or exterminated. And, of course, Hitler, as you could imagine, was a big fan of this idea. Um, it's easy to forget that, or I'll put it this way, uh, Hitler, you know, Margaret Sanger didn't get the idea to kill minority babies from Hitler. It was Hitler that got the idea to kill minorities, particularly Jews and Slavs and Poles and Gypsies uh, from Margaret Sanger. And so uh, what Mar Margaret Sanger was doing in her pogrom against uh, mainly uh, lower class, a lower income, and mainly minority babies was was seen by Hitler and emulated in his own final solution, as he put it, against the Jews that led to the Holocaust. It was also uh, the Nazis also looked towards uh, the Jim Crow. Uh, policies, the laws uh, that were made by the Democrats um, back in the 1920s mainly, turn of the century, they looked at those as a way to formulate laws that they could use against the Jews. And so again, you have all of these beliefs, uh, and if you try and challenge a Democrat or a Biden supporter about any of these beliefs, they'll just deny, deny, deny anything that you tell them. Um, as I mentioned, there's no amount of debunking. They, uh, for instance, they'll say things like, well, you know, it's the Republicans switch sides, and they'll even you know, criticize you for being so dumb that you don't know the history. Um, what happened there is, and what, what, what they're talking about is, what, what they're claiming when they say that, is that yes, the Democrats uh, were bigots and they formulated the KKK and Margaret Sanger and, and all that, but then the two parties switched sides. And that is another persistent myth that kind of snowballs into all of these anti-Trump myths, makes them easier to believe. People who are predisposed to think that this, there's this myth of the two parties switching sides and one became bigoted and the others, other, you know, stopped being bigoted. Um, it just isn't true. Now, what actually happened was that the Democrats, what happened with the Democrats is they lost their hard bigotry of uh, discrimination uh, and 
Jim Crow and the, and the sort, and it they transformed it into the soft bigotry of low expectations. In other words, the idea that a black person doesn't have the wherewithal to acquire an ID. Now, if you go to the city or any place, you know, if you ask a black person themselves, can you do you have an ID and can you acquire an ID? They'll say, of course you can. They'll look like like look at you like you're an idiot. Um, but uh, mainly, I would say, mainly white liberals have convinced themselves that the for some reason, like I said, they they transformed their hard bigotry of discrimination and Jim Crow into soft soft bigotry of low expectations and they believe that as I mentioned a black person cannot get uh, a ID and that's why they claim that voter ID laws are racist now of course they're not they just affirm the person's uh, ID and that the same person is voting twice so there are two people aren't voting um, under the same person's name and that you are who you say you are and you were a legal voter you're not you're not an, uh, a felon or ex-felon who is not allowed to vote and you're um, a citizen of the United States you're allowed to vote and so what the ID all the ID does is prove these things and but the mainly white liberal Democrats um, have this condescending patronizing notion that a black person doesn't can, can't get a an ID they also have this condescending notion that without some amount of extraordinary help a black person cannot make it in this country that they will need all sorts of assistance and help above and beyond what any other race gets above and beyond what whites or Asians in particular uh, receive and of course you have affirmative action used to be a big thing it still is on college campuses um, unfortunately the uh, bigotry of soft bigotry of low expectations hurts the blacks who receive this favorable action in the midst to schools because in, in when they when the school lowers the standard in order to accept a particular minority and that minority is accepted under those terms what happens is that they find themselves at a disadvantage when compared to their fellow students and so you really, the the Democrats or the uh, uh, these liberals, these condescending liberals, patronizing uh, leftists, um, really set up these minority people for failure when they go into a college that maybe um, really they had no business being in academically, um, and that that same person who received the scholarship under some sort of affirmative action program could have done quite well in another college but 
they're not up to the rigors of these, you know, like an Ivy League school. And maybe it's, you know, not necessarily anything their fault, not, not anything against them. I mean, anybody who gets an, uh, a real degree, not some weird, you know, basketball degree, but a real degree from a college, particularly in STEM field, I mean, they've obviously earned it. Um, pretty much regardless of what college that they went to. So that's not the problem. The problem is that you have, again, stereotypically, you have the uh, white liberal Democrat patting themselves on the back for being so woke, so enlightened for helping these people when really, in, in fact, they're hurting them. Um, and they're as I said, they're, they're setting them up, they can be setting them up for failure um, because they're not being expected to maintain the same academic standards. And that's not fair to the student. That's not fair to the person who was accepted because now they might be in over their head and another college would have been better and so, again, you have affirmative action. Um, it feels good to say, yeah, I helped um, these people uh, get into college, get to an Ivy League school. It feels good, but it doesn't actually oftentimes do good. And the tendency on the left uh, is that they would rather feel good than do good. And that is one of the distinguishing features, I would say, of the left. And so you have that. And so you, you have all these immediate problems. And when you demonize, demonize one group, in particular, you have President Biden in his speech in Philadelphia, pretty infamous now. And I think years from now, just as an aside, years from now, when you, you refer to Biden's Philadelphia speech, uh, people will know exactly what you're talking about. He was, he was talking about its speech where he condemns basically half the country for being, uh, quote, MAGA Republicans. And even though he tries to walk it back, he doesn't. And so what happens? Well, a little while later, as I mentioned, uh, some kid gets killed because some idiot um, who was bigoted against uh, Republicans, particularly Trump supporters, decided that uh, he, he'd be doing the favor. Um, one could imagine his, his rationale, but it would seem that probably he thought he was doing the country a favor by ridding the country of this anti-democratic uh, person this uh, teenage boy um, who, yeah, well, well, you know, what, as I mentioned, what happened, he was, he was killed because this fool thought he was part of some Republican extremist group. And when you keep drilling in over and over again, like the president does in NP, you see it on um, all of the mainstream networks, for instance. You see it on all of the mainstream news 
and you hear uh, Biden speech after speech and politician after politician that just repeating the same tired old line about the Republicans are fascists and by the way they said that about every Republican um, that you can think of okay they they said Nixon was a fascist they said Ford was a fascist they said Reagan was a fascist they said the first book Bush was a fascist they said the second Bush was a fascist they said that Trump was a fascist and every uh, Republican candidate that ran for president in the last 50 years was a fascist and so they keep over and over again uh, repeating this lie, this big lie, that Republican equals fascist. And so it's no wonder why you have some person go nuts on a baseball field one day and shoots it up trying to kill all of what he probably thinks are fascist Republicans. Or you have this guy that I mentioned runs down this teenager, this kid, because he's supposed to be some sort of... Uh, extremist group and that's what they're that's what the Democrat is Democrats are doing now they're scapegoating they're attempting to make a scapegoat out of the Republicans and of course this is not too much different than um, other groups that have been scapegoated before like um, leading to the Holocaust now I'm not saying that Biden advocates some final solution that that um, gets rid once and for all of all MAGA Republicans. Um, there are some people, nonetheless, who, upon listening to the rhetoric over and over again, having it, that steady diet fed to them, they believe it, and that's the problem. It doesn't matter if Biden believes it. it doesn't matter if Bernie diso disavows the person who shot up the baseball field who was one of his supporters uh, it doesn't matter it matters that these people believe it and you have again you are the politicians you you have uh, Hillary and you have Biden and you have the entire um, cadre practically of cable news networks you know minus Fox and a couple others uh, giving them being deceitful without with how they present the news um, spreading the hoax like the Russian collusion hoax and I, I've often said that you know what if I only watched like CNN and MSNBC and I actually believe the things that they were saying. I would hate Trump too. I would hate Republicans too. Because um, I wouldn't want to, um, you know, live under a authoritarian Nazi regime, right? Yeah. But these people are so brainwashed that they don't understand. And when they hear information to the contrary, and you you can play them. You can say, you, you can play them the 19 times that uh, Trump disavowed the Charlottesville white supremacists. You can, you can play them that. They don't care. Uh, you can play, you can explain to them 
in detail the uh, Russian collusion hoax and about the Steele dossier and about how Hillary and the DNC purchased the Steele dossier and how the Steele dossier with the FBI's help was shopped around to the various news outlet until one of them basically took it up and ran the story. Um, now Hillary has been uh, fined and punished by the uh, the election commission. You know, she was given like a slap on a wrist of like I think it was like eight thousand dollars or something like that. And her and her campaign. Um, you, you tell them that she was fine. You explain why she was fine. They don't care. You tell them that you know that what what Biden is doing with regards to like the mass mandates, the shot mandates. You know this is the exact sort of authoritarianism, you know, or fascism, if you will, that they they're supposed to be against. Right? If you have a shot mandate or a mass mandate, mandate equals force. That is the government attempting to force people to wear masks or force people to get sh shots. And you have tens of thousands of people who have lost their jobs because of government force. Okay? Because of the use of government co coercion. Okay. Now, if you talk to these people, these Democrats, these anti-Trump Democrats, they would they would probably tell you, you know, if you ask them, okay, what is it about fascism? You know, just leave out, you know, the part about Trump and just it's like, what is it about? What would you be afraid hap of happening if an actual fascist came into power? And they would probably tell you that they don't want the government forcing them to do things. Now, they've built up this elaborate uh, system of beliefs that allows them to believe that conservatives, particularly pro-life conservatives, want to force pregnancies on people. Um, which is absolutely absurd. But, again, they believe that because that stems from their belief that Republicans and conservatives are fascists and that Christians are fascists and that all they want to do is tell people how to run their lives. You know, again, you know, there's so many arguments, pro-life arguments you've heard me making before that are used. You know, the idea that you have now ultrasounds, you can actually see the fetus or even the, at the embryonic stage okay but again you will have and I've seen this time and again people will spend so much energy on defending a practice that by all accounts ends a human life and but they are so insistent and you cannot tell them otherwise if you want to point out that this is a human life and that it has human DNA and it is going to eventually be a fully formed human being if it's just allowed to be. If you tell them 
you know, look at that ultrasound picture. Look at that cute baby sucking its thumb. Uh, and then you ask them, whose thumb is that? Because for them to hold their beliefs, um, their my body, my choice belief, it can't be the baby's thumb. It has to be the mother's thumb. But they can't answer that. Because they know they're, they're caught in you know the logic trap, basically. Um, but anyway, getting back to the subject at hand, you, know, you have this need on, the, on these people. And so many of them are so ready to pat themselves on the back. Um, for instance, you have you know, the stereotypical uh, liberal person, this person that has their sign on the lawn that says, you know, how good of a person they are, how welcoming they are, uh, different people. <clears throat> you know, like when DeSantis sent 50 uh, illegal aliens to uh, Martha's Vineyard, you know, when he did that, you know, they had this sign and they had all their signs on their lawns and everybody was patting themselves on the back and saying, look at me, look how great I am, look how accepting I am. But then when push came to shove and they were actually faced with these migrant workers, with these illegal aliens, they couldn't get them off the island fast enough. Now imagine how the border town in uh, Arizona or New Mexico or Texas that's getting thousands upon thousands not a week not a month but a day into their area and they have to take care of 15,000 people which equates to a large chunk of their permanent population okay you have a town maybe of 50,000, all of a sudden you have to take 15,000 people on. How are you going to do that? And But they will complain about people like DeSantis and people like Abbott sending these illegal immigrants um, because they've convinced themselves. You know, They have this sign on their lawn saying what a great person they are, how better they are than some mean imaginary Trump supporter who apparently hates immigrants okay and that, that's another trick they use they always conflate legal Im, illegal immigrants and they say when they're talking about what you hate what the conservative hates it's immigrants okay but when it's what's coming to them okay then it's a different story then they're, you know, they won't, well, they won't say illegal aliens in any case because they're trying to uh, control the conversation. They're, they're trying to control the debate by controlling the language. And so you have all of these people on these false, based on these false beliefs, and it just keeps snowballing and snowballing until you can tell one of these people anything negative about Trump, and they're going to believe it. And then the, the, and lastly is the problem, as I mentioned, is these people are going to be so attached to their hatred of Trump 
that come 2024 and maybe soon um, during the midterms you might see us but during 2024 if you have Trump or another America first person like DeSantis okay run for election they're going to have already built up this hate pre-built up this hate of the person okay particularly of Trump and they will vote against their own best interests and you could just say you know inflation going to be more cost of energy more here's what happened here's the graph here's Trump here's Biden here's Biden decision A here's effect A decision B effect B you can show them in black and white they will still vote against their own best interests just to spite this man okay the problem is that if they succeed like pretty much they did in 2020 they voted just to spite this man of course they were fooled you know some of them I think were fooled back then but now there's no excuse you know if you vote for Biden you're voting particularly against Trump you're voting against Trump you're voting in spite of Trump because no one's Almost nobody in their right mind is going to vote for Biden in 2024 because he did such a good job handling the border, handling inflation. Now, what might happen is that the, the Republicans will come in and they will tamp down on all the spending and things will get a little bit better because, not because they're able to affect such great changes like I said they won't be able to reverse the damage but they'll be able to stop or mitigate some of the damage that the Democrats would do left on to, in their own devices okay particularly with regards to the budget of course we're we're talking about uh, nuclear Armageddon for the first time in like 40 years um, you know and, and this is the, the president that's bringing it up right and we live in a world where uh, you see online um, anti-radiation pills being um, sold and the United States is built or buying up all this anti-radiation uh, pills you know we didn't even need to think like this before you know under Trump but they're not going to see that you know you you say well there's you know uh, Putin didn't um, invade Ukraine under Trump they'll still say oh puppet 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 uh, Trump's a puppet 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 and they'll regurgitate what they've been fed which started with Hillary was furthered by the FBI people like um, um, Peter Stroke, okay, people like that, um, James Comey, um, Clapper, and that whole cabal there. You know, they they they're going on this, and they're Trump's puppet, Trump's puppet, Trump's puppet. You know, Putin, he's Putin's puppet, Putin's puppet. You know, they just re regurgitate that mindlessly, and I, and I really mean mindlessly. There's no rational thought going into what they're saying. At this point, when they talk about the Russian collusion hoax, and so they will vote 
against their own best interests and you can even show them uh, Biden is for uh, making energy harder to produce well harder to produce he's and that's going to be inflationary in and of itself he's going to uh, do these huge spending plans these huge you know infrastructure and and you know whatever plans these trillion dollar plans and you can tell them that it's like and it's it's economics 101 they don't want to hear it they don't want to believe that we're in a recession they don't want to believe that our spending our deficit spending in particular is causing inflation because you have more and more and more dollars chasing fewer and fewer goods you have more of that they don't care they don't care if they're going to have to pay $80 to fill up their tank they don't care if they have sky-high electric bills they don't care and you can tell them in black and white anyway they won't care because they will so be so caught up in their anti-Trump, anti-Republican spite that they will vote against their self-interest and that, that of their family and their neighbors. And they can potentially drag their, this whole country down with them. That's what we're looking at because of this mindless, uh, idiotic, foolish adherence to all of these uh, myths that I talked about here and but I think that the what the Democrats have not figured yet is that now all of these things are becoming real that the price of gas is becoming real uh, bare store shelves is becoming real uh, inflation is becoming real okay and in a few months time an uh, oil short or a, a energy problems with energy home heating oil for some of the country is going to be become a problem brownouts are going to become a thing now whether or not they do that before the midterm is but certainly it will happen we'll see a lot of that before the next presidential election and we're going to see Europe going through the same thing. Some of them will figure it out. Some of them will, will say, you know what, I don't care. I'm not paying 60 or $80 to fill up my tank anymore. I cannot afford these energy bills because we can't build nuclear power plants anymore. We can't drill for our own oil. And you see what the Saudis did recently, right? They refused Biden's attempts to cajole them uh, to produce more oil to lower down lower the prices uh, the Saudis and the other OPEC countries basically said screw you uh, to to Biden and his representatives and and I think event some people will get it some people will eventually connect the foolish uh, policies under Biden with them paying uh, $80 
to fill their tank with their problem paying their electric bill, keeping their house heated, and when they're freezing and shivering in the winter, and they see all these problems happening in Europe due to similar uh, problems, eventually some of them will get, will get it. But until then, we just have to keep pounding against these, fighting against these myths. Um, because you never know, um, you make, make, make comment against some of these things online, say, hey, look, you, know, you can't spend a trillion dollars and expect no inflation. You just can't. Okay. Um, enough people see, see that. And they see that again and again and again. Um, so that's what we have to do. And I think we're starting to turn the tide. So I'm a little bit optimistic when I see online. I see uh, sites that are dedicated to Trump hate. And I see, you know, they have these stupid posts of not even with any useful information they're saying, uh, Trump is a Nazi, blah, 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 you know, some something ridiculous like that. And then you'll see a lot of posts, and I think the posts in some of these where it's defending the, the, the Trump or the policy or defending the pro-life position, okay, you'll see that, and you'll have, um, you know, you'll, you'll see that the actual number of people refuting what's being said in the anti-Trump post outnumber those um, who actually support the notion of the post, whatever that is. And so I'm a little bit heartened to see that. And I see more and more of that every day. And because some of us have been incurred, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but there's a lot of people who have been courageous and s stood up and that that courage is contagious and when people see that and say well I'm not alone I'm not an idiot uh, for thinking these things that someone else uh, brings good arguments and so that's what I try and do you know and you have to educate yourself you have to stay informed that's the, the clue and then maybe when you see some of the stupid stuff online maybe you can counter some of it and then when you see somebody and this is what I like to do online if, if you're going to engage in this if you have the time not everybody has the time I understand but if you have the time to engage in any of this you see someone who makes a great point like you know that uh, little baby uh, in the womb that's a human baby with human DNA um, and here's the arguments pro-life and you see that you see the arguments and say yes I like that make sure you like that post because what that shows is that that proves that the number of people who like that post is more than the people who support whatever anti-Trump post or uh, pro-abortion post or whatever it is you know so if you see someone who makes a really good point now maybe you're don't want to engage yourself but you know what it doesn't hurt anything really to like that comment that you think is good that someone made and then you know but that's that's you know 
have to do it, I think, with the tides turning, um, particularly with regards to social media. I mean, we've always, you know, you know, conservatives have always been winning the meat wars. Um, we just, we tend to be better at it for, for some reason. But I know that the other side thinks they're clever, but I think we're clever too. And we can, sh we, we will eventually, I think, have something to show for that cleverness. And so that's my thoughts on these uh, three myths. And of course, there's others you probably heard, but these are the three main ones that, you know, the Russian collusion hoax, the Charlottesville hoax, you know, the whole, you know, racist thing. And then the, the whole um, idea that, um, you know, of Russian, you know, disinformation, and blah, blah, blah. And, oh yeah, the, 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 the January 6th, that's what I was forget. The January 6th hoax like a better word and so to wrap things up real quick kind of running low on time um yeah for our dystopic journal portion of the show I'm going to continue on uh reading this book within the book um you know it's the uh the theory and practice of oligarchical collectivism by Emmanuel Goldstein and this is the fictitious book within the book that's given to Winston, the protagonist in uh, 1984. And so I'm going to read a little bit, a uh, bit of it, and this ties into what we've been talking about: this, this idea um, in, in Orwell's 1984 about lies and self-deceptions playing a big part in the Insock Party's ability to maintain and perpetuate its hold over the people of this fictitious super state Oceania that are ruled by, you know, Big Brother and his party. So it says, a party member is expected to have no private emotions and no respites from enthusiasm. He is supposed to live in a continuous frenzy of hatred of foreign enemies and internal traitors triumph over victories and self-abasement before the power and wisdom of the party. The discontents produced by his bare unsatisfying life are deliberately turned outwards and dissipated in such uh, devices as the two minutes hate and um, goes on to talk about um, you know, two minutes of hate and uh, yeah, the propaganda and explaining a little bit of newspeak. So I want to go over this one pack passage real quick. Um, he is supposed to live in a continuous frenzy of hatred of foreign enemies. Okay, so you have Russia for some reason it's not really China, you know, I think they're obviously more of a bigger threat um, in the long haul in most cases, but, you know, for them, Russia is the bogeyman. Now, granted they are bad under Putin, I mean, Putin's not a saint, you know, he's a pretty evil guy, 
my opinion. But, uh, you know, they have to have this external force that, you know, okay, you have, you know, Ukraine, okay, doing a good job so far in the war against Russia. Uh, but they're no saints either. I mean, they, they have a corrupt government. They've always had problems with corruption. They're just slightly less corrupt, you know, you know, they're less worse than their big brother, uh, Russia, under Putin. And so they have this, uh, uh, you know, the uh, foreign enemies. And then you have the internal traitors, which of course are, in the real world, what Biden refers to as MAGA Republicans. And so you have the internal, internal traitors and the external threat and between those two you have plenty of scapegoats for anything that goes wrong cost of oil goes up well, that's Putin's fault you know and it is to a point but not as much as you know there's other factors that Biden has, is not telling you about when he says that and then there's the MAGA the ultra MAGA and you know, whatever, the super ultra MAGA, I don't know what he's going to come out with next, MAGA Republicans, you know, maybe something will stick, I don't know, you know, for you to hate, who are undermining our democracy, even though they can't really prove logically how we're doing it, but they, they, they're causing it, people believe it, because they're predisposed anyhow, and so that is some of the ways uh, or one of the, the key things, this is, and so you, you see what, what's happening here in 1984. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that more later, continue to talk about it. Um, so I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for watching and listening. Please follow online, libertyrelearn.com, at LR Podcast on Getter and on Rumble. And so please thank you, tell a friend, like and subscribe for watching this. And but in the meantime, please stay healthy, happy, and free. Thank you.